What's up everyone and welcome back to the History Hour here on KZMU. And today we're going to be doing our second episode in our local indigenous history series. Uh, so that's going to take us just right over there to Blanding, Utah, where we'll talk with Lewis Williams of Ancient Waves. And today we're going to be talking about different beliefs that hold historical and cultural significance within the Navajo people. When you say Diné, is that all Navajo? Or is that just like Navajo in this region? Diné, well, no, it's uh, ex kind of explaining, you know, the surface people. Okay. You know, we believe we came out. We emerged into this world, coming from you know, below. That's where it at. Above the below, below the above. Okay. So surface people, pretty much. Hmm. And so it's more. It's you gotta kind of break it down, you know, evolving. So the it's really complicated. Because it goes back to our creation stories. You know, our creation story is just more of a, you know, we come from, you know, we're, we're in a different world right now. In a, in a world that, where there's um, different people, there's, uh, I mean, uh, different languages. Yeah. been really curious about your creation story, what the Navajo creation story is. Yeah. Um pretty good interesting topic that uh we talk about back home and you know uh, teaches us how to go about our daily lives currently so um uh the creation story uh, that i've heard you know there's um so stories are, are have been passed down from different clans different people so um, I'm sure there's different stories from all the different clans. So I just want to um, kind of acknowledge that. You know, there's so many clans out there. So there's so many stories. Um, there's the Dene tribe um, that we're talking about today, which is my, my people, um, my um, genealogy is from the Dene tribe. Uh, we all we have connections amongst um, all these other tribes you know this region where we're at we are in the great place of you know the southwest four corners region we're near Bears Ears National Monument uh, so this area the Diné um, you know our stories differ from all these other tribes. I just want to acknowledge that. You know, that we got the Ute. We got the Pueblo tribes. So everything evolves around um, the, the above, the below, below the above. So the different worlds that we um, have passed through have taught us how to live where we are at now prepares us for our next journey so um, you know we're uh, the Diné are we're very close with the other cultures because we 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 know 
that we've um, seen and been through a lot. So we respect each other's stories. So um, that's what's fun about being out in nature is, uh, you know, I connect when I see ants and when I see uh, birds. I get, you know, there's an, a, they're giving me messages that tell me, you know, we're all, we're all connected. So these uh, stories like the beaver, coyote, all these southwestern animals, they're part of our stories. start naming the rabbit all these animals they're part of our creation stories and they they so they've seen a lot they've been through a lot with us so within the Diné worldview um do certain animals i don't know if there are if you have multiple gods or it's literally you know just um a connection with all wildlife, all, you know, plant life, that everything is one. Um, you know, for instance, like the Inca um, believed that um, there were three stages of life. You had the world that we're in, um, the upper world and the underworld, and each was, each is, uh, it's called Pachamama, each is uh, represented by a different animal. This this plane of existence is represented by the jaguar. Um, the underworld is represented by the serpent, and the upper world is represented by the condor. Is there anything like that within Diné? Um, belief system? Um, well, no, not, not that I know of. You know, I just uh, know that we're all connected. You know, all the wildlife um, are part of the stories. So, like, uh, they I've had to say that maybe, like, the ants and the gophers, the, uh, Prairie dog, they're the ones that are more significant with emerging from the below, and the birds are more associated with connecting with the upper, such as uh, we see firebirds images on the walls around here, and you know those uh, mythologically those firebirds are messengers, so we believe the eagles are very close to that. Firebird, you know, because the eagles can. You watch an eagle soar; they're way up high. Sometimes they disappear, and it seems like they keep going up to the sky. So um, we believe that they're messengers. Um, the, the the fish, you know, they're they're in another domain. We believe we don't. Um, there's a whole another energy and that we're not familiar with and we got to be cautious of so the the fish are very um, significant and take care of the water so we got to be careful and we you know there's there's not we don't pray to multiple gods you know um, we, 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 we believe in the the four directions that are taken taken care of by the holy people and those directions are taken care of by um, birds, such as the, um, the mountain bluebird. And um, we got, uh, see the yellow warbler, takes care of one of the mountains. And we got the bighorn sheep, we got our northern mountain 
Mount Hesper sometime. Uh, it's also it's, it's good. Tibetan and bighorn or Tibetan, which is black sheep. So the bighorn sheep is very significant. So they take they're the land animals that take care of them. The bighorn. They're um, man, yeah. This is so interesting because they're all again they're part of our story so they all have their own little significance in on this um, in this world you know they have their own stories of how they emerge through to they have their own passage and so that we learn from them as well so they're teachers and protectors yeah they are they're totally they're leaders they led the way you know so we follow them you know, that's um, really interesting yeah that so the very much where we don't we don't worship them but where they they just lie right along with us. For instance I'm Deer Springs people. Um Beepa told me that's my clan. So I'm very close with the deer. Uh, there's certain things I can um, you know, I I can't just go hunting anytime I want, you know. Because I'm Deer Springs they're, they're like they're part of me. Um, I can't handle antlers like the way someone that's not Deer Springs people it's not the same clan they don't worry like I do because they're um, they're not Deer Springs person and for instance um, like uh, I see there's other clans like you could I'm, I'm thinking about my friend he's a snake clan so he's a different tribe you know he's very close to the snakes and the snakes I'm sure taught him a lot you know, as you know, they, you know, they definitely, they're, they're connected with the earth and going, and emerging. And so they, t they teach us a lot, you know, how to, you know, again, shed, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they teach us how that life goes on. It's a cycle. So all these animals teach us, teach us. So we're there, we, 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 we hide them, we, we have, we hold them in high regards. A little tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we we native people when we see the wildlife we respect them pretty much all of them because they all have stories so so for you personally the deer is more sacred to than other animals to you personally because of your clan yes so what have you personally learned from the deer you said your friend has learned a lot from the snake so what has the deer taught you growing up um, being in nature the deer has taught me how to be, you know, um, keen and stealth, and um, take care of the family. Be swift. Um, again, it also teaches me cycles too, you know, because they they shed their antlers, you know, they grow. So it teaches me, you know, um, life goes on. You can, you don't have to dwell on well on things you know you stay healthy you take care of yourself you get out there and um, you roam so they're free spirits free spirits mm -hmm. they, they they can connect too with other animals you know other wildlife you know they're amongst the they're amongst the bighorn sheep so um, I, I can connect with them as um, just being swift and keen and 
Um, you know, just uh, I'm not too good with around uh, automobiles. So that's another oh, thing too. Oh, oh. <laughs> they're not good around automobiles either, so that's, that's why they're always on the road. So I, when I see them, I'm, I'm like, man, you guys gotta get off the road, and because I, they're not. That's just automobiles. They have no idea, you know. That's just something that they're not familiar with. So I can't knock on them for being on the road, you know, because they're something that they're not familiar with. So um, yeah, just uh, yep, I'm very connected with the deer, totally. So, you know, typically if, um, well, we see a lot of petroglyphs or pictographs that have, you know, figures with headdresses that look like they either have antlers or they have, you know, bighorn sheep in the past, say the Deer Valley clan, um, because the deer was so sacred to them, would they ever wear antlers as a headdress, as like a, a sacred item, as a, um, you know, as a good thing, or is that something that would never happen? Because obviously the tribes are different that are doing the different rock art and everything. Um, but... Well, yeah, the... So when when you wear headdresses, you're usually... It's for a purpose. You know, it's a, either ceremonial. It's, it's, it's all based on um, uh, your spirituality and your connection. So during ceremonies, you know... Um, we do connect, you know, depending on if you're going on a hunt. Um, you want to become that animal. So when we when we go on a, you can many many different tribes and ethnic cultures. You know, they they mimic the animal that they're gonna hunt. For instance, uh, like a deer, you know, uh, which would require ceremonial process so it would be heavy you know it would be an, an honor it turns out to be it so hunting is very much it's sacred it's mm-hmm. it's honorful I mean it's a uh, respectful and it's um, it honors your family because it's passed down that that art of turning into that animal right so that's why I love to hunt so during a hunt it requires um, a lot of acquiring permission from that animal and from the creator. So we gotta, it's a process for traditional hunters. You're gonna be taken in the life of an animal. So you gotta ask for permission from the animal and from the creator. So we do a lot of praying before a hunt and we, we pray for that the animal's passage on to the next life uh, we give thanks to the animal uh, we we um, tell the animal it's gonna it's it's um, livelihood's gonna continue through its generations so we uh, there's a lot of communication involved and that's when you see a lot of the ceremonies come in from and again, this is from all the cultures. You know, um, we, um, the, the indigenous people out here, we, we, we um, ask for permission from the animal. So, which we, re, which requires, you know, ceremonies. 
So each tribe has different types of ceremonies and different rituals that they do. And um, it, I just have to say that it involves a lot of prayer. You know, so a lot of prayer and um, I'm asking for, because you're going to receive a blessing. So again, we we um, pray. It's a lot of meditation, which is good for the hunt. You know, um, it teaches you to be, not to be greedy. Um, that's a, that's the main thing. So a hunt is a it's a teaching lesson. You know, so all those um, rituals that we do, you know, it, it's a process. So it, it, that teaches you that you're gonna be, you know, you're going out for a certain certain purpose, and which is to get maybe um, food for your family, you know, um, or food for a celebration for multiple families for an event. So you go out as a group and hunt. And so um, you, you all have to get that passage, get that green light, you could just call it, get that green light. So, uh, and that those uh, ceremonies getting passed down from generations and generations over hundreds and thousands of years how do you know you got the green light well um you know it's just these again these ceremonies have been going on for hundreds and thousands of years so you know it's just uh we're taught you know when you know uh, these ceremonies are conducted you know, you're you know you're ready you know you feel it too you know you're you feel it you know, you're ready because you're attached. You've grown attached. And, um, so you, you feel it. And again, it's just been passed down from generation to generation. So there's a... And it depends what you're hunting, again. So there's different seasons of when we you hunt. You can't hunt animals this any time of the year. And that's what keeps us, uh, the population... I'm in check, you know, the animal population. So we've been controlling the animal population for all these years, hundreds of years and thousands of years. So the, um, the, we believe, you know, that we, that there, we become, you know, come to a mutual agreement with that animal. So that's what the ceremony is all about. So a ceremony is a good hunt. Is a, you know, that means you're you know, you're doing things right. You're, so that's what the ceremonies are really important. You know, because um, it teaches you it teaches you the importance of the animal. You know, you're just not taking it for um, consumption. You know, it's teaching you. You're once you're, it's teaching you how to think and live, and it's giving you, it's giving you a blessing of life too. So it's really important. You know, hunting is very important. So, so that that um, ceremony, the give and take between you and the animal, its acceptance, um, you know, as a as a lesson. What you're getting from the animal, obviously you're getting the meat, but also you're learning. You're, you're, you're getting a lesson from that animal, and that animal is receiving safe passage to the next world. Is that, is that kind of how, how, it's, how it works? 
well, yeah, they're they're all going to another place. You know, we're you know we're gonna we we say uh, we'll see you somewhere down the road. We're going it. You know, go. Take it easy. So we uh, we always believe we're gonna see them down the ways, or see you know even their descendants kind of is an extension of them too. Right. So literally, that's what um, that's why we're so um, we're we're conservationists. Right. You know, we want these animals that have been here for thousands of years to stay there because they've been here they deserve to stay here mm-hmm. and then you see them later on so it's not a it's not a goodbye it's a see you later yeah yeah and they're with you too you know that's why they've given you their life because they're with you they say so it's uh um you know if i eat a you know if i eat a and we don't eat anything too that's what's very important too is you know, again they're a lot of them are we we like for instance a horned toad you know we, we I call that my grandpa so I would definitely not put him on I'm not putting on a, a horned toad on a skier I don't see him as protein you know I see him as grandpa mm. so okay. so I'm taught to you know hmm. pick up grandpa and give grandpa thanks okay. so um, animals they could be yeah they're very close so we can't just we're very cautious as you can see you know I'm just there's ants all around there's bugs but I'm just kind of moving in telling them to go away and I'm not I'm not killing them or anything you know (laughs) you know since we've been sitting here I've just been you've been talking about the animals and the ants and I just keep watching the ants and like seeing them in a whole different light than I typically would Mm -hmm. totally yeah this is their house right like we're just exactly yeah if you notice they're just kind of walking amongst us too they're not bothering us walking our arms and yeah just yeah so it's all good, you know. Because yeah, we're we're telling that they, they, I like to think they understand what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like that. Um, not not to change the subject too much, uh-huh. um, but uh, something I've been very curious about, and you know, you can read stuff online, but coming from someone who is Dene, um, your migration story. You talk about the wildlife, and for hundreds and hundreds of years, um, when and how and why did the Diné or the Navajo um, move from where they were to here? Well, that's one topic that's of debate, you know, because, you know, there's a, it, there's, we have our migration stories, but, you know, it, it goes back so far, there's no particular geographical point. Right. Um, we have our four sacred mountains. Our northern sacred mountain is Mount Hesperus, and we got Mount Blanca is our eastern mountain. Mount Taylor is in the south, and the San Francisco peaks are in the west. So our stories are all originate within that area, within those four sacred mountains. So we got a migration stories that um, talk about these areas, regions, you know, like to the west. We we got the we got the big water out there. Um, we again this the that's a story that's 
according to us we I'm trying to still figure out where where um, people believe that we come from the you know these the coasts you know um, I, I wish I I could I'm still trying to figure out some kind of find evidence of that um, from the coasts yeah that we've we've migrated from like uh, for instance the Bering Strait you know, I've heard we cut, we migrated from the Bering Strait. Um, I've heard that we the Diné migrated from um, the coast, that's California. I've heard we migrated from South America. I've heard we migrated from the east. So I pretty much heard it all. <laughs> you know, the archaeologists have told me and tell me you're from here, you're from there, yeah. um, and I I just go back to my grandpa and grandma and. And I asked him, I said, where are we from? I want to I wanna go along with that story. I want to tell people I'm from the beach. You know? <laughs> but, and, but grandma doesn't, they don't have stories for me to tell like that. They just tell me, they, they always fall back on our clan system. And, we, you know, our clans, we believe we're from these areas. You know, our clans evolved from these regions. So um, it's hard to really... Um, get a story of well, grandma they're my the elders are really proud people they would they 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 really are um the stories are important so it's um um it's hard to i've never heard of anything of us migrating from the oceans um and then for one thing is if you talk to any traditional navajo um elder they don't have any idea of about seafood um, they, my grandma calls it uh, the bugs of the sea. She calls them the chosh. She goes, you're, you're not supposed to eat that um, seafood. It's foreign. And um, that, that's one thing that, again, kind of um, explains that we've been here um, all these years. Um, another thing is I've, I have yet to find a, a fish petroglyph or a pictograph in this area. I've been through a lot of, a lot of um, rock art, um, petroglyph panels, pictograph mm-hmm. panels, and I'm, I've, I've talked to a lot of archaeologists and I've asked them, and um, they haven't seen one either. So that's one thing too, you know. That's um, helps us, helps mm-hmm. my grandma, her story of us being from here. You know that, you know, you don't see no fish around here, no. um, but you go to. You drive to the California coast and up to Washington, you see fish all over, you know. So it's kind of hard, you know, to really see yeah. people, you know, if you, if, we're, if I'm coming from the ocean and it's just common sense, I'm going to, I want to take food with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to learn how to make fish chips. I'm going to learn how to dry fish. You know, I'm going to eat all the fish, mm-hmm. you know, shellfish, everything. But and that's the fish are, fish are important to the culture then when they get here. There are fish here. We have rivers. We have lakes. We have ponds. There, w- there are fish here. They would have met some sort of mark. And I'm thinking about all of the petroglyphs and pictograph sites I've seen in Moab. Never seen a fish, not one. You see bighorn sheep. You see mule deer. You see antelope. You see um, cave bears. We even see mastodons. You know, yeah. mammoths, which is what you know archaeologists believe. They, you know, the first people here followed um, the uh, the mastodons and the, the mammoths. We talked about that um, on our last episode. Um, 
So you see, I mean, you see pictographs and petroglyphs of all of these, you know, these massive animals, and a lot of animals. I mean, the they think that the mastodon and the mammoth left around 10,000 years ago, right around the same time that the people came. Um, but you know, we find petroglyphs that are much, much um, sooner to the present that uh, that are mastodons. So, so you know, that that kind of if that's part of the culture, then you would probably see something, right? So, yeah, totally, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I would love to to have that fish knowledge you know because <laughs> oh man I, I mean shoot fish is pretty good you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, i mean yeah. so and again um but it, if we it reverts back to what i would just mention our creation stories of how the the water is a whole nother world to us the natives mm, yeah. the Dinah, the locals around here yeah. you know the san juan river is sacred you know um, our stories are we we're cautious you know um a long time ago you know the the holy people were crossing those rivers so they were the only ones who were mm. had the ability and so that's why we um had all these bodies of water these springs they're very cautious um, because they're they're like personified they're mm. they they have a whole nother energy so we got to be careful um and that's again it lines up with grandma's stories you know it's, you know um, again I, I love water we don't have any fish clan you know there's you know, we've we got salt clan bighorn sheep uh, mud clan but we don't have no fish clan you know, that'd be interesting you know and that would so we don't that's one thing i would really um leaves me makes me want to go back out there and just learn more because uh it's a big question mark you know amongst all the archaeological society you know because you know we have our stories you know that from grandma grandma tells me stories that i that haven't are way off from what I've read in the books and I love it about that I love that I'm I love science I'm all about data <laughs> observation um, coming to a conclusion so I'm, I'm still out there that's why I love guiding because mm-hmm. I'm still collecting mm-hmm. data yeah. Which are stories, and you'll never stop either. Yeah, I mean, never is, stop. I, I mean, I think the most beautiful thing about archaeology and the sciences in general is that we can get an idea of things, and some things we can know, but in the grand scheme of things, very few. Like there's so much that we don't know, and probably won't ever know. Um, but but I mean that that thirst for knowledge is what's going to lead to new discoveries and new connections. Um, I mean, I just saw uh, there's there's new technology where essentially you can look behind the pictographs and the petroglyphs you can see, and there's more that are behind that. You know, older ones that are behind it. You can't mm-hmm. see them with the naked eye, but this this you know technology can show what was there before. So we can, we're getting more and new ideas about you know what was what what life was like prior to that prior to the ones we can see which is awesome oh yeah yeah so i think you're talking about the infrared mm-hmm. camera yeah that comes up with the mm-hmm. picta yeah pictographs yeah so um out here guiding like i mentioned we go we time travel out here so when we time travel a hike like from here to the bear's ears we go we're starting up at 175 million year old rock where we're at. 
if we were to go to Bears Ears, which is like 15 minutes from here, mm-hmm. we'd go. The rock over there is about 275 million year old rock. Mm-hmm. So we go in 100 million year old, 100, 100 million years back in time when we go to Bears Ears. So when I see go back, you see all those time of uh, different times events of uh, geological events such as uh, flooding, um, such another volcanism. Science is helping us discover people were here before those events even occurred. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's what's that's pretty wild. awesome about science too is mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uncovering stories that we locals have been telling we've been here all these years mm-hmm. and these archaeological terms are just you know fancy terms that we're when you come out here you know we got the fancy terms like uh, basket maker you know um, archaic clovis hunter-gatherer uh, folsom you know all that all those cool terms but you know us it's just our ancestors mm-hmm. you right. know? and then when you break yeah. it down you break it like I was we were talking about earlier you know it involves the animals mm. you know it involves if you want to get into like evolution you know those stories I was talking about about coming to the another world that's kind of falls along like with evolution you know um, and geological time too you know flooding mm. so uh, that's what's awesome about history you know, it, it teaches us about the livelihoods of the people. You know, so um, in again, we're in the we're in the Cretaceous time period right now. So we're in the dinosaurs time, and who knows? You know, there's we're talking 175 million years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's some evidence of you know, like we were just talking about the mammoths, mm-hmm. yeah. the mastodons. There was people around there, but mm. where did they live? We have no evidence of it. You know, everything's buried or washed away by the sea. Mm-hmm. So history's out there, and that's what's cool about roaming around. Like you guys were out there uncovering some questions and yeah, uncovering yeah. new mysteries. It, it, it seems it seems like the Diné worldview is a is a combination of, of science and history and spirituality and nature and all of these things that, you know, coexist together to make one, you know, relatively cohesive picture, which I think is really cool, rather than just focus on one thing and saying the rest don't apply to my belief system, which I think is really cool. Yeah. The Diné culture um, is, it's a, it's broad. You know, Diné, like I mentioned, below the above above the below that's everybody so like the Nakai Dene Nakhiti Dene they're they had their emerging stories too yeah where they're from so Nakhiti Dene I just mentioned that's how we refer to as the the African American mm. and Nakai Dene is the people that live in the South America okay. Mexican so they're um Dene I just mentioned if you notice I just said Nakai Dene Nakhiti Dene above the below below the above so they all have their stories too and so Dene is really is really broad 
and again keeps us connected to one another you know we're like you you know my brothers I call you my brothers mm. that's just how we do it on the res you know I mean the, the natives we call each other like their family mm-hmm. you know like uh, my I have guides who are older than me you know, if they're Billy gone I'll still call them Che my mm-hmm. grandpa mm-hmm. or auntie with, so family within your guiding company do you have um only Diné, or is it Diné and Hopi and Yuzuni and other tribes within, or is it only Diné? No, um, Ancient Waves, we're very fortunate to be, we're comprised of all the cultures and tribes. So um, being on the river, uh, we, I've been rowing with, I have friends from all the tribes, so that's where Ancient Waves evolved from, is from me being amongst all the natives and wanting to share everybody's stories as an indigenous group all in one tour rather than you know just um, a specific tour I mean that's what's unique about ancient waves you come you come out with ancient waves you might be with a you might be in the back of the group with an indigenous native Diné guide like me or you might be in the be led in the front by uh, our Hopi brother Lyle you know so you get all you got the, the different perspectives right. from the different tribes so that's ancient waves we're you know we're all the different local indigenous tribes we're, we're the voices for the tribe yeah. that's that's awesome to hear is there overall what is um, I know in the past there's you know been conflict but um, nowadays, what is the relationship between those three? Is it is it that brotherhood, um, or more than those three? Any any of the tribes in this area? So we're all working together. You know, to what's going on in the world now today? You know, required us to all come together. So we we're dealing with um, so conservation efforts. The tribes are coming together. Preservation efforts are coming together. Technology has helped us out quite a bit. You know, now we get to do um, we, uh, webinars. We can gather. Um, we can congregate amongst each other, the different tribes. So we're very fortunate nowadays. Um, we see more. And again, it has to. It all goes back to the our creation stories. It's just it's told us. It's, we're told, we're taught that you know we're all one. We need to work together. You know, there, at one time there was no language barrier. There was no division. We're trying to get back to that. Hmm. So that's what the tribes are doing right now. We're we're working together regarding water issues, land issues, cultural issues, health issues. You know, it's we're coming together and we're working together. And that's what, um, again, we're taught. That's it, it's all based off of our cultural values and our teachings. Is we're taught to work together. Sweet. So, um, all of those tribes that we've talked about—the Hopi, the Zuni, the Dene, um, the Bears Ears—is that sacred to all of those tribes? Definitely. So why is it sacred? Because everyone knows Bears Ears because of the political you know, um, implications that, that have been, been going on for, for years now, multiple presidents. Um, but 
but from from an, the indigenous perspective, what makes the bear's ears sacred? So the bear's ears is a unique place, and to get a sense and of the sacredness, you got to be there. So you got to you got to step foot on that all that sand out there. There's so many different types of sand at the bear's ears from the different ages, and so we see. Um, the sacredness is radiated by all those land formations. The sacredness is seen by all the inhabitants that existed. The sacredness is written on the walls through petroglyphs and pictographs. The sacredness is embedded in the plants. These plants have been here for thousands of years. And they're, they're still being heavily used to this day. They're still used medicinally and ceremonially. And they're, they're teaching us. So the landscape is sacred in itself. The water is sacred. We have... Bearsers is, is... There's springs scattered throughout the Bearsers landscape that need to be protected. They all have different composition. They all have different properties in themselves. So this water is sacred out there. The different songs that have been sung out there are sacred. And they, they still can be heard out there. If you go out there and just you're quiet. And that's what's awesome about camping. You can hear them. You can hear the songs and the drums. So those, that's that's what you hear when you come out here. You, so you got to feel it. you got to hear it. The energy is so much... So, it's it's um, it's kept there. So the bear's ears is sacred because it still stands there, and the yucca that has been making ropes for thousands of years still stands strong up there. And so the sacredness is all around, and the only way you feel it, you can't read it in the newspaper, you can't listen to it on the radio, you can't see it on the TV. You got to come out here. You got to pick up that dirt. And you got to say thank you to it. Because that dirt has been... It, there's a connection. Some of this dirt has been washed from the Appalachian Mountains. So there's a connection from the east out here. So you see that connection. You know, so you got to see it. You got to smell it. You smell the sagebrush. When you, when you close your eyes and smell that sagebrush, that sagebrush is medicinal. That sagebrush cleanses your system, cleanses your soul. You can smell the juniper pine. And ancient waves guides helped people connect with those scents. So those senses come out when you go to bear's ears. The smell, the taste, the seeing, the feeling, all the senses come out when you go to Bears Ears. And so the Bears Ears is just two small buttes surrounded by millions of acres of pristine country, just like I said, of sacredness. So that's what Bears Ears Buttes is surrounded by, sacredness. Sacredness that has been 
radiated through the kivas, through the hogans, through the songs of the Ute tribes, the songs of the Paiute. All those sacredness has been passed around through the generation and still radiates to this day, such as, um, you know, us guides being out there. There's um, figures out there that are Bearsers has brought out. Brought Bearsers has brought out all these tribes, and that increases the sacredness too, because it's not just one culture; it's multiple cultures. So Bearsers is very, very sacred, and it's, you can see Bearsers from a long ways. You can see Bearsers from New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona. So all these tribes can step outside of their home and they can still see bearsers to this day and so bearsers is very important do all those tribes hold ceremonies there tribes visit this place and they do their offerings ceremonies require time and and um so ceremonies aren't typically conducted in the bearsers just because um it's a it's more of a public, you know, it's, it's regulated differently r- rather than back home on the tribal lands where, you know, we, we do conduct ceremonies that we, um, you know, where Bearsers is with us, we pray for Bearsers you know, because, you know, some of the cedar that we use is probably from the cedar mesa from Bearsers. So a lot of the medicinal and ceremonial plants that we use are from bear's ears so they're there like i mentioned people see it from a great distance they're probably holding on to some cedar that was from the cedar mesa Mm. and so they're connected instantly by just looking visually again senses visually and holding that cedar that they're putting on their fire I love hearing ta- hearing you talk about the connection because we talk about as guides all the time, right? We can throw a bunch of facts at someone, and that's that's cool. They'll remember some of that. But really, your job as a guide is to make someone feel something, right? To make them feel connected so that when they leave, they might forget some of the stuff that you told them, but they're not going to remember, they're not going to forget how they, how they felt. They're going to feel connected to that land. They're going to go home and talk about the connection they felt and how spiritual that place is. So talking about that connection, connection to the wildlife, connection to the plant life, connection to the history, all of those things, um, that's, you know, that's, that's what um, gets, you know, gets, as a guide, my, my blood flowing for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I love to do too. Because hikes are hikes, you know. Any, every, we all love hikes, but if you come out with ancient waves, those hikes are going to be different. You're going to be looking at lizards differently. You're going to be looking at sagebrush differently. You're going to be closing your eyes and absorbing those senses because that's what we do. Now, when we're, when I'm out there, you know, that's how I I get engaged my guests I, I tell them to just stop and close their eyes and ask them what they smell and they say I can smell pine I say yep that's the pinyon tree they say oh, wow I can smell cliff rose all of a sudden I say yep it's cliff rose and they're like so they're learning too they're like wow so I'm like which, 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 which is the cliff rose when they open their eyes and I show them the cliff rose and they're like oh my goodness wow so they always remember cliff rose 
and the sagebrush they're like sometimes I've had people that have never smelled sagebrush and you know they they put they rub that sagebrush in their hand and they smell it they're like they're rubbing it all over their bodies it's one of the best smells in the world so and they've seen they, they live in a lot of the people say I have sagebrush right outside my home now I'm going to look at my sagebrush totally differently yep. every day I'm going to say I mean, thank you sagebrush I mean we're sitting at a picnic table and you got me looking at ants differently so yeah you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly you got to be calm and cool like grandpa and grandma yeah. you know they they just look at them and they kind of talk to them and say hey and it seems like the ants know so I mean I, I feel like obviously you know the indigenous people have been wronged in so many ways we don't have enough time to talk about all of the ways um, but I feel like in a very small way, there's a bit of a resurgence, at least with knowledge and things like this, people wanting to learn from indigenous people about this land that they've always inhabited. You know, our, our ancestors came over, you know, however long ago, but, but hearing and, and feeling those things, you know, from teachers, from, from indigenous people, I think is beyond powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that you bring in, you know, the animals and the plants that have always been here, like that connection is, I mean, I'm literally just sitting here with goosebumps because just hearing that and I haven't even, you know, experienced the bear's ears like that yet. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's all what it's about is, you know, mentally, physically. So, that's what I always fall back on. And that's a, it's a simple word too. That's, it's cool to say hajon. So if you guys can remember that hajon, it, it also reminds you, you know, about nature and keeping your head above water, staying confident. You know, so those animals keep you confident too. You know, rather than you know, you see a, um, you see deer, you know, um, it slows down. It shows you to slow down. You know teach you to slow down in life too so when I go to Moab you know there's going to be a lot of deer so you guys are going to have to keep it cool slow down you know no rushing and life is good you know life is gravy and so I've seen it I've, um, they teach you so uh, that's what man great outdoors is so valuable it's, it's so true as humans we we look at all the, the animals that you know we're like oh they're not as educated or as smart as us um, but they've got something figured out that we don't, you know, because we're just rushing through life to the next thing, always looking forward to the next thing. And, and animals, even plants, you know, they 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 just listen. They're they're quiet. They take their time. They're patient. They're, um, you know, respectful of those around them. It's it's if you really actually stop and think about it and watch, it, you can definitely learn a lot from animals. Just oh, yeah. as much, if not more, than what we can teach them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really like watching the um, the uh, desert bighorn sheep when I'm in uh, Canyonlands and uh, up on the White Rim Trail. Lots of lots of bighorns up there. So anytime we see them, we'll just stop. Sometimes 15 minutes. I don't care if the tour runs late. You know, um, we just watch them. You know, turn the car off. Yeah. Yeah. We just turn. You know, we just watch them. It's so funny because you'll just watch them just like eat, and they're just kind of like you know moving nice and slow and then you know looking around and then they'll just lay down right there and just chill yeah <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i wish and, i had that kind of patience yeah and, and it's calm. just like man you know they 
you know, and I tell people, I'm like, you know, these animals are uh, highly intelligent, you know, because people are like, well, where do they find water? I'm like, they know where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) like they know exactly where it's at. (laughs) Obviously they do because they're still here. Yeah. Um, And um, it's just, uh, it's just a wonderful thing just to sit and just, you know, uh, watch wildlife and stuff. And I was meaning to ask you a question um, about whenever someone says spirit animal. Because I know that's something that I feel like is a term that is extremely just thrown around and so loose now. Is, is there any type of like significance within indigenous culture with spirit animal, or is that like the animal that you're associated with with your clan, or or at least the within within your clan? Because I think probably every tribe and every clan looks at it completely different. So mm-hmm. just from the perspective of the Deer Springs clan, um, uh, what what how do you guys see the spirit animal? Yeah, the spirit animal totally um, would depend on, I guess, your hunt. So the hunter. So like uh, some some hunters would specifically hunt bear. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that would be their spirit animal mm-hmm. because they become that mm-hmm. animal. For instance, I just mentioned when I, when I go deer hunting, mm-hmm. so the hunter's got to become that deer. Mm-hmm there's that's their spirit animal mm-hmm. so um it's also even on a kind of daily basis for instance mm-hmm. that bird we're hearing mm-hmm. you know if it could be like for instance my grandma mm-hmm. she could be weaving singing a song about birds you know and that bird be helping her giving her inspiration maybe even she's maybe she's even tr- mimicking a bird a design and so she could be she becoming that bird you mm-hmm. know she's singing she's it's a lot of these songs maybe she's whistling too and she'll that's her spirit bird mm-hmm. you know for me I guess my spirit animal would be a deer because mm-hmm. I'm deer springs mm-hmm. so um, and I think we see that in a lot of ancient cultures kind of all over the world you know associating with different animals and um, different aspects of animals, so I really, I really like that, you know, about, you know, about, you know, associating yourself with an animal, um, and uh, but yeah, it's, I feel, I feel personally, I feel like it's a term that's just loosely kind of thrown around now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with modern awesome. technology and modern life, I think it's kind of hard for at least modern people who are living the, you know, common taking the common path to feel that kind of connection with an animal for it to be your spirit animal because you have to channel that spirit mm-hmm. um so so I, yeah I, I mean hearing it from that perspective definitely definitely helps helps my mind understand that concept a bit more yeah because <laughs> people are like oh i'm a hawk or i'm this or i'm that and i'm like is that just mm-hmm. what you like or is that you know do you just like that animal or is that really what you connect to you know mm-hmm. so yeah, in most cases when I hear people say if they want to choose, they always base it because th- their decision is always based because they're very similar to it. They mm-hmm. think like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I, I take guests out, and, you know, it's fun. We we'll sit around the fire and say, "All right, let's." If you were an animal, what would you be? You know, mm-hmm. or come up with some kind of a name. You mm-hmm. know, so we, we like to do that, have fun. You know, out there, 
So, so somebody always will say, what animal would you be? And that's exactly what people do. We were trying to con connect them with mm -hmm. nature. So it's, they would, they not only just say, well, I want to be a rabbit. They always say, why? You know, mm -hmm. say, I want to be a rabbit because, because I can, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm fast, you know, and I can hide. And, but I can hop and I look beautiful, you know, something, mm -hmm. something like that, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. you know, they can yeah. relate to it and that, that gives them inspiration, mm -hmm. like self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So spirit animals are actually really important, mm -hmm. you know. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for the History Hour. It was definitely really awesome to go down to Blanding, Utah, and to actually talk to Mr. Lewis Williams of Ancient Waves, and once again hear about the history and culture of the indigenous people within this region. And we would love to have you along next month, same time, same place, right here on KZMU.